Pulaski to Boone. Bugard down the wing. Bugard falls away. Score! This should be good. This should be very good. Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the third episode of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec. The third episode here is a lot of fun um, for those out there that kind of collect hockey memorabilia and stuff like that. This episode is with Brent Cover, and for those out there who don't know, Brent is a he's an avid game-worn jersey collector, but not only that, he collects specifically enforcers. Um, similar to what I collect, I'm, I've been collecting jerseys myself for probably about a year and a half now, but my collection is nowhere near what his is. He started collecting in 98, so... It's just kind of gone on and on from there. He's got over 800 sweaters from Probert, Koser, Anglestad, Yablonski, Morasti. The list goes on, and we cover a lot of them here in this episode. It was it was a real treat, and I know a lot of people out there that I talk to are big uh, big jersey collectors as well. So I think this is going to be fun here, and the stories of you know customizations of jerseys, the evolution of them, and different materials and things like that and all the all the fight wear and stuff like that so i had a lot of fun doing this episode kind of going over everything but i i apologize in advance if i sound kind of shitty because it was my very first time recording an episode over a skype call well the last episode with darren at the fourth line voice that technically wasn't my first interview it's my first featured episode so he was the first guest i ever had on the show but I interviewed Brent before the hand and I didn't <laughs> I didn't quite feel comfortable like just pressing record and kind of carrying the conversation and not looking at everything. So during the entire episode I was sitting there talking to him and everything like that and checking the audio levels and everything like that and making sure everything was good and his levels were good, everything was still recording. So I, I was a little bit nervous, I guess you could say. And I apologize if it kind of shows a little bit here in this episode, but overall, I think it was a very it was a very fun fun talk of, about jerseys and memorabilia. We go over stuff like game use sticks, and he has also like Probert's elbow pads from Chicago and things like that. It was it was a lot of fun. I I collect a lot of hockey memorabilia myself, so anytime you can kind of talk about the history of the game I guess you could say it's it's always a real treat to me and Brent was awesome you'll hear him go into great detail about all these jerseys uh he goes over the one especially his Probert jersey that he has where Probert wore it for an entire season that was uh it was a pretty sweet find and he's also got another Proby Chicago jersey so overall it it was a lot of fun and I, I can't thank Brent enough for coming on he was very open about it as soon as I messaged him he said absolutely we'll go ahead and get this done so uh, I think it was a Monday night. Sorry if I'm kind of breathing heavy. I'm still getting over kind of not being sick. So I can't quite breathe out of my nose that well. <laughs> and you'll hear that in the fucking Renard episode next. Um, but I do apologize for that as well. But like I said, overall, I had a lot of fun doing this episode. And, you know, thank you for um, coming on to the podcast, Brent. It, it really does mean a lot to me. And also thank you to Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice, who was my very first guest, the very first featured uh, guest we had on the show here. Uh, if you haven't ever listened to his show, go check it out. It's the Fourth Line Voice. You could find him on Twitter. Um, and I, does he have Instagram? I don't think he does. 
I think he does, but I don't think he ever uses it. So, Darren, you got to get your fucking ass on Instagram, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, so you can find him on t- uh, Twitter, and he's got his YouTube channel. You could any fight you could probably fucking think of, it's on there. He's got old junior fights and things like that. And then you also got William over there at the Biscuit. Go give him a listen. He just had an episode with Matt Nickerson that was a fucking beauty. So uh, it's all been fun so far. This experience has been good, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. And I can't wait for y'all to hear this episode. I think you'll win. you'll have a lot of uh, good time reminiscing on the the different guys that were in the game beforehand and everything like that. So, excuse me, I'm all sniffly, but I'm going to keep it short here. So I'll just cut it there because I'm fucking dying. <laughs> My apologies. But thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Have a good one. This should be good. This should be very good. All right, and here today on the Five for Fighting podcast, we have Brent Cover, the man of many sweaters. Brent, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Alec, how are you? Oh, good. Can't complain. And for those who don't know, Brent is like the the guru of hockey enforcer sweaters. What, what do you collect more than enforcers, or do you have? Is it exclusively enforcers? No, it's pretty much just enforcers. I have an Iserman. I have a couple goalies that snuck in, but all the rest are all fighters. Oh, good. That's all that matters. <laughs> that's uh, right. That's right. Well, to start things off, man. I mean, I mean, might as well start from the beginning. So, when when did you get into the hobby? How long have you been collecting for? So, uh, hockey jerseys I've been collecting since about 1998. Um, I guess I got into fighters and enforcers probably around '92 or so. Um, I think okay. the first jersey first jersey that i ever bought was a uh red wings road had it done up as a probert um, <laughs> that's the only way to do it right <laughs> that's right absolutely yeah start at the top um you know had the a put on the front had the uh it was from 92 93 so had the uh 100th anniversary of the stanley cup patch put on the front um and then when the um, i live not too far from washington dc so when the Wings went to play the Capitals that year, um, we could still get access to the bus. So I met the bus, and uh, when, when Proby got off the bus, I asked him to sign it, and he did. He was cool. Um, and so that was kind of the first one. Um, and then later that year, uh, the Capitals started to sell off some uh, game-use sticks. So uh, I got a couple game-use sticks, and that's kind of where I started was with, with sticks for a few years and then uh you know like i said got into jerseys uh, a few years thereafter um so uh you know first one being a louis debrusque uh edmonton oilers home from his rookie year oh that's a good one um, oh yeah that's a real good one and you know do you still, well, do you still have it is it you still oh, have yeah, that oh nice absolutely absolutely so yeah a lot of a lot of collectors don't hold on to the first one that they ever got, um, but that one for me is not going anywhere. Nice. I still have the very first one. I get. Well, technically, it wasn't a game worn. It was. It was the a um. What do you call it? A pregame warm up worn by Steve McIntyre from the Mallards. I had been able okay. to get it. It was from that you know the Enforcer group on Facebook, and then literally it was about a year ago, maybe probably less than a year ago is when I got my very first game worn, and that was the Andre Waugh. Um, what, what, I'm trying to think. I th- I think I photo matched it to. It's one game in the playoffs. There's little to no wear on it because obviously it was. If it's used in the playoffs, there's not going to be much wear on it since it's a wall jersey. <laughs> um, right, right. Unfortunately, but yeah, that was 
that was my first one. And then funny enough, I actually ended up meeting Andre. Well, I bought that jersey when I was in uh, Montreal with Chris Nyland, and then he ended up getting me in contact with Juan. Juan happened to be in Orlando. I live in Tampa. Happened to be in Orlando at the same time. And I know it's a big no-no, but I didn't care because it was my first game-worn jersey, and it was my favorite guy because growing up with, uh, watching the Lightning, he actually signed it for it for me and everything like that. So that was the very first one I have. I don't think I'm ever going to let that go either. So I, I I don't blame you for holding on to the DeBrusque. Oh yeah, 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 and, and you know, like I said, a lot of guys have 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 gotten rid of theirs, and you know, just in talking to them, they you know they regret it. Oh, so, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely going to hold on to that. And then you know, over the years, I've met um, I don't know, probably somewhere between ten and twelve different fighters at at various places and various times. Some at you know autograph sessions. Some I've just run into like in the local mall or or you know, something like that. Um, and, you know, every single one of them was, was really down to earth, you know, nice, approachable. Um, you know, I chatted via IM with a bunch uh, here on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I mean, some of these guys are, A, surprised that I knew who they were, um, and then, B, just kind of floored that, someone had enough interest in them and, and, and what they did that they wanted to collect their, you know, their, their stuff. Um, so, you know, these, most of these guys are just very down earth, very humble, um, and are kind of shocked that, you know, those of us out there like to collect the, uh, the, their, their used laundry as, as some of us call it. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's funny cause you, I guess to them, it's, it's just you know, an everyday uniform. So, to us, it's it's something completely different. It's like a holy grail for us, but to them, it's just you know they throw it in the laundry and they're done with it. But you know, some of these guys, like you said, they're they're the most down to earth people, and it's awesome. Um, I was going to ask you what what kind of drew you towards enforcers, not just collecting, because I, I believe. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. You're a fight fan, are you not? I am. I am. What yeah. kind of drew you um, towards enforcers or the enforcement role, really? Well, I. I like that type of player, um, you know, even before I got into collecting, um, and, you know, enjoyed watching the, uh, the, the fights, you know, when I would go to uh, hockey games as a kid. Um, and so I was always kind of drawn to that type of player. And then, you know, a lot, a lot of times if, if you kind of put players on a pedestal as a kid and then you meet them and, you know, everything comes crashing down because yeah. they're, real real jackasses <laughs> yeah. um you know i mean these guys they weren't i mean they were even nicer than you would think that they would be oh 100 like you know very very humble and so you know it was kind of one of those things where you know i like these guys i wanted to collect <clears throat> their stuff and i started collecting their stuff and then you know when i meet them you know they kind of lived up to the expectation you kind of put in your mind um exactly. and then you know that kind of sealed it. I'm like, you know, you know, the, you know, what, what better, what better type of thing to collect than somebody that a appreciates that you have interest in in them and 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 what they did, and then b you know aren't completely full of themselves. Exactly, because I feel like the they appreciate a little bit more if you if you collect their sweaters because in today's world, I guess, in the hockey world, they're kind of overlooked and overshadowed by everything because everybody kind of looks at that like it's the dark age of the game. So I think they appreciate that, actually. You know, there's some out there that we really do appreciate what they did on the ice and what they did for their teams and shit like that. Because, um, like I said, there's just 
they're so overlooked and they're just they're just talked down upon. And I think it's it's kind of shady that it's like that now. But you know that's why we're here, kind of appreciating. And there's guys like you out there. I know there's, there's plenty of collectors like just looking around in that enforcer group on Facebook for uh, the uh, the game worn jerseys. There's so many people out there that just these are grails to us, and it's I think they appreciate that more that there's still people that actually give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, how many? Well, I mean, I've. It doesn't have to be. I don't know if you're comfortable you saying this on here, but how many jerseys do you exactly own? Because I know it's I know it's quite a lot. I don't know if you have an exact total or if you want people to know. Because I've seen you kind of say DM me or something like that on um, Facebook. So obviously, if you don't want this in here, man, we can just edit it out. But uh, how many jerseys do you own? Yeah, it's over. It's over 800 at this point. Holy shit. <laughs> that's insane man and here i am like i'm over here in my closet in my little humble collection i think i, I think i'm up to 10 <laughs> uh hey you know you know every everybody starts out with one so um you know that's what that, that's where everybody started so you know it just depends how how bad the uh insanity strikes you <laughs> exactly that's, that's 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 pretty much what my wife calls it so that's that's about the uh, nicest thing that she calls it. <laughs> and so, well, being that you have 800 jerseys, and I know you and I had talked about this, but for people out there, I think this is fucking hilarious that you actually had a storage facility made in your house to house these jerseys. Yes. Yeah, we actually, when we had our house built, um, we had an option for um, a laundry room on the third floor of our house versus the basement. Um, or you could make that a uh, really good-sized walk-in closet. And so we opted for the walk or I opted for the walk-in closet. I was about to say, um, was it was it was it mutually agreed upon, or were you kind of just you know giving her the nod like, hey, I kind of need this closet? <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was it was a little bit of of, of give and take there. So yeah. I don't I don't remember I don't remember exactly what it cost me, um, but you know I, I I hear about it all the time. Still to this day, you know, we moved in here in 2000, at the very end of 2000. So, um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I have a really good sized closet now. You know, the builder put up shelving and hanging in there. Um, at the time, I had not a ton of game worn stuff, but I had a lot of like retail authentics and things like that. Yeah. So I hung a lot of those in there. And like the third day we were in the house, we heard like crashing. And uh, all of that stuff had, like, pulled out of the wall and had fallen down. Um, so I actually went and uh, went to Lowe's and special ordered some stuff that, like, retail establishments use and uh, put all that up myself. Um, and that stuff's not going anywhere. So that stuff's been up since, you know, early 2001, and it's still, it's still hanging. So, um, you know, there's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, 750 in there right now um, oh, man. You know, <laughs> hanging hanging so and, and you know they've been they've been hanging there for almost 20 years for a lot of them so um yeah it's uh it's it's definitely not coming down that's fucking awesome man that's <laughs> i can only dream of having something like that i i had to fight tooth and nail with my fiance just to get me a uh like a man cave room because we're thinking of moving to a two-bedroom apartment that'll be where i do the podcast and yeah, I'm allowed like a certain amount of jerseys on the wall, so it's I'll take it. It's it's all I can get. But <laughs> um, so, do you have other 
well, you have other game used equipment than just jerseys, correct? Correct. Yes, I have. Uh, my basement has uh, sticks, has uh, helmets, has gloves, um, has some skate, some other miscellaneous stuff that I've you know a couple pairs of like uh, game worn uniform pants down there. There's a pair of uh, Probert's photo mask elbow pads that are down there. Yeah, that's from um, uh, it was from, from uh, what Chicago, right? Yeah, very end of his wings era, and then uh, first couple years with Chicago. So that's awesome. Um, you know, luckily he was still fighting a lot then, so it's been pretty easy to match those up a bunch of different times. Um, Have you ever been like reached out to by like uh, Danny Probe or anything by any chance? Have anybody like has any of his Probe's family seen your collection at all? Yeah, there's a there's a uh, Bob Probert fan club group on Facebook that yep, I belong to. Yep, I believe to. I'm a part I'll, of that. I'll, yeah, I've posted some stuff there. Um, you know, they'll they'll you know they'll give it likes and that kind of stuff. But no, they've never reached out. Some other players have seen it, seen you know different things of theirs, and have reached out. So right. uh, you know, I've hooked up a few players with jerseys that they wanted. Mostly, they wanted NHL. Um, you know, they had like minor league ones to trade. Um, you know, I was, I was happy to do it, get, get them what they wanted. Typically the minor league ones that they that they traded me had a lot more damage, a lot more wear to them than the NHL ones that I flipped back to them. Um, so, you know, been able to, to send some of that stuff to them. Uh, there's a couple other players I've been talking to recently that are interested, um, and, uh, you know, want to, uh, try to get one of their jerseys back uh don't have anything to trade so you know i basically told them that i would sell it to them what it cost me you know regardless of you know kind of what it's worth now but you know if i've had it for 10 years and it cost me 350 bucks 10 years ago and it's worth 500 now you know i don't i don't necessarily need to hit them for 500 bucks you know just make me whole for for what i paid for it and you can have it that's the way I've seen it because I, I know some some people out there that kind of upcharge even on players. The way I see it, either make your money back or just give it to them. They were the ones who bled in the sweater, so that's just the way I've looked at it. Like if a player ever reached out to me and were asked me for one of their sweaters, I wouldn't care. I mean, it, it's not mine. You're the one who fought in it and everything like that. Um, but since you yep. brought up the miners, that uh, I was going to ask you something: Is do you like collecting? Uh, do you like collecting miners or NHL jerseys more? Or can you not decide um, between the two? Is it kind of just equal? You just love them all. I, I, I kind of love them all, but you know, just based on where I live, there's not really a huge miners presence around here. And there right. hasn't been for about twenty or so years. Wow. Um, you know, we had the the Baltimore Skipjacks, and then we had the Baltimore Bandits for a couple years. We also had a team called the Chesapeake Icebreakers that were. Yep about an hour south of me that were coached by, uh, by Nylon. Um, yeah, that's right. But, you know, <laughs> I remember reading about that. Yeah. yeah so I, you know, saw, saw a couple games, um, you know, when, when, when he was the coach down there. Um, but you know, they've all been gone for like 20 years. Um, so really when I started getting into collecting jerseys, mostly NHL. So, you know, I have many more NHL than I do minors. Um, but you know, I mean, so, some of the minor ones that are out there, tend to have some kind of cool customizations to them at times. They tend to be, you know, they tend to have, you know, a bunch of different unique ones that they come up with. 
right. um, you know, versus kind of the home road and the alternate that a lot of NHL teams have that they kind of keep for year after year after year. Um, you know, there's some kind of unique and cool uh, minor league ones that, that, that pop up from time to time. So, um, you know, I have a pretty good mix of, I think, I think last time I counted, there's like 26 or 27 different leagues that I have. Wow. Um, so, you know, I've, I've kind of dabbled in a lot. You know, for the most part, minors, most of what I have is like ECHL, IHL, AHL, and then, uh, you know, probably um, somewhere around 60 to 65% of the collections NHL. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. Um, I know you have LNH jerseys as well. That's another one. It's funny. I have more LNH jerseys than I do any other league right now, <laughs> or the, even the QSPHL with the Cote. Um, but speaking of customizations, what is – I know you have quite a few, but what are some of the craziest customizations you've seen on jerseys? Well, I think probably the, the, the top one would have to be the, the Velcro sleeve on the uh, on, on John Cordick's jersey. I love that one, uh, man. That one's sweet. Oh, yeah. That one was, you know, that was that was kind of a once in a lifetime shot to get that. Yeah, uh, how did you end guy, up getting that, man? Did somebody was it like a just a, another seller? Did you find it like a like a Jersey Expo or something? No, it was a it was a guy on Facebook that I had reached out to uh, many years ago and said, you know, hey, if you ever get rid of that, you know, please please hit me up. Um, and you know, I know that a lot of people have. Um, but I think a lot of people out there kind of pestered him a lot. And, you know, I would check in like maybe once a year, you know, Hey, you know, you know, what do you think? And he'd say, nah, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still good. I'm like, all right, cool. Check in with you again in a year. So, (laughs) uh, you know, didn't really, didn't really pester him. And then when it came, when he decided he was going to sell it, then, uh, he reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm going to sell it. And so, you know, I moved, moved some stuff quickly to, to free up some money and, uh, um, you know, made it happen. But, you know, as far as Leafs jerseys go, I know that there are two that Cordic used that year. But the second one um, was in, in play when the league outlawed it. So you can still see on that one where the Velcro was, but it's been sewn up. Oh, okay. So, but you have you the know, only one that has the actual Velcro still attached to it. Correct. Yeah. So I have the only home jersey from eighty nine ninety uh, of his Leafs that still has that Velcro alteration to it. And I think I just posted the fight recently, but it was it was it with McRae where you can really see it like tear off in the fight. It was. A, oh was yeah. It's McRae or Churla. Yeah, yeah McRae. That's McCray. what I thought. Yeah, that one's yeah. that's awesome, man. Um. With the jersey modifications, and since you have so many so many jerseys, when when did you kind of start noticing, or I guess, what years did you kind of notice where they started to actually mod the jerseys per se? You know, the the smaller sleeves. Did that kind of come come by in like the mid eighties? Um, yeah, I mean, you, I have some even going back to like the very very early eighties, where you know they would do different fight straps. You know, oh, okay. back then they had they had kind of the garter style fight strap, right? Um, and you know, I have some early '80s ones like uh, uh, Gary Nyland, um, Ben Wilson, who had the kind of the fight strap of the day removed and had what has become a kind of a traditional one now um, added in. Um, 
And, you know, typically when they had that done, they would have it put up higher so that it was a lot, you know, shorter and had a lot less give to it. Um, and those ones they had put in didn't really have kind of the elasticity that the, 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 the newer ones that today have. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've seen that going all the way back to like 81, 82. I think the Paul Baxter uh, penguins I have, he, uh, he cut the sleeve short on that. Um, you know, so that's kind of the early version of shortening the sleeves there, which a lot of players, um, especially in like the late 80s and early 90s, started to do. But they would have the trainer actually, you know, cut them and then, you know, kind of fold them under and then sew them. So, uh, you know, Domi was famous for uh, for that. I mean, his basically the his end of his sleeve was kind of where the elbow reinforcement area was on, on his uh, on his sleeve. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, but a bunch of other guys who done Vandenbush, uh, Ronnie Stern, um, you know, even bigger guys like Matt Johnson did that, um, Koser, you know, so there, there, there are a bunch of guys that started to do that. So, you know, I think the, the, the customization piece, I think, probably goes back to the early 80s, but it really started to take off in the early 90s um, is when you really started to see a lot. And they started to get a little bit more exotic. Um, you know, like the spandex sleeve inserts that McSorley used when he was with the King. Yeah, didn't Dave Brown uh, use that as well? well? Dave Brown went with just his left sleeve, and he had it basically almost cut in half, and then it he had it sewn, like, skin tight. So it, it almost looked like it would fit like a T-Rex. Um, <laughs> so... His, his his right sleeve was normal. His left sleeve was, like, really tiny. And so it ended, you know, right around his elbow. Um, and so there's nothing to grab onto. Jay Miller did something very similar. He had it sewn really skin tight. Um, but he had both sleeves done that way. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I have a couple kings from their, um, you know, from the, the NHL 75th anniversary season, which is the Kings 25th. Um, you know, Miller's has sleeves that are like half the size of McSorley's. Um, you know, McSorley's has like three and a half inch wide spandex inserts running down the entire seam of his jersey. And then wow. you can just kind of stretch them out and could fit your head inside of them. Um, they stretch out so much. And then, you know, compare that to a Jay Miller, which is like half the width because um, his are his are sewn tight. But, you know, I mean, even players in recent years like Jared Bowl would do the same thing. Brandon Bowling. Um, they would still have them sewn tight. Right. So, you know, the the sleeve piece really started to take off, um, you know, I would say probably early 90s. And a lot of that stuff still, like I said, goes on today. I mean, uh, you know, the different customized fight straps and, um, you know, back in the early 80s, they would have, you know, coins and skate laces you know, added to the jersey or they'd yeah. have... Like for Rick Tockett, he would have his fight strap cut out. He had a skate lace sewn in. Dave Brown did that for a while as well. Um, so that, you know, there was just no no give at all. I think uh, Ken Baumgartner, when he was with the Isles, um, had skate laces sewn on either side of his jersey. So he kind of had like a three-point system. Um, and then, you know, as the 90s kind of progressed, you started to see less of kind of the skate laces and more of either traditional fight straps um, being added to the front 
Um, you know, I know Tim Hunter did that for a little while with, uh, with Calgary, yep. um, back in the very early, uh, nineties, but you started to see more of kind of the double fight strap setups, especially heading into like the two thousands. Um, and then, uh, you know, then you had like Rippin and, uh, and Darcy Hordachuk that went with three fight straps and still haven't really quite figured out that whole double fight strap and back. Yeah, it was like the, it was the two on the front, right? I think I've seen pictures of those. Yeah, two in, two in the back. So oh, it's two in the back, okay. Yeah, so there's the normal one, and then there's one sewn to the bottom seam of the nameplate. And really? then there's one added in the front, like around the crest or maybe a little below the crest. So still trying to figure out kind of how that Yeah, I wonder how they tied that works. in. Yeah, and, you know, unless they didn't use the one that came with the jersey and they used the one attached by the nameplate um, and kind of hooked that into the normal uh, loop on their pants so that, you know, basically it was no give at all. Right. So, the, so that strap was kind of stretched out to its full length, you know, just skating around normally on the ice. So that's the only thing I can think. Um, you know, we, Rob Ray did a, 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 a one that has, you know, kind of a clip sewn into the back, and he had a loop in the front of his jersey. So he had some kind of a strap, I believe, that clipped in the back and kind of went under his crotch and up into the front and looped and tied into that loop somehow. Um, yeah, it's almost like that, a, uh, that Pat Allard jersey and, like, the bossy jerseys. I know uh, for the LNH, right. they did that same thing. It was like – it took me a while to figure it out when I got that uh, – the Laval Predators one of Bosse, and I'm looking at this fight strap hanging down. I'm like, how in the fuck did he put this thing on? And it took me probably about 10 minutes just sitting there finagling with it to realize, oh, he probably just he put it below his crotch and then up into the front of the, uh, the jersey. Yeah, I'm not sure how comfortable that would be if somebody started tugging on your shirt. And that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, damn, it's going it's to be all up in your all up in your junk, man. It's gonna, that's got to kind of hurt. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's the... Uh... That's that's the motivation there, you know. Somebody yeah. tugging on it. Then, then it's like it's like how they, they do that to a bull before they go on the ride. That's right. That's right. Oh man, that's too funny. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about Rob Ray. I had, I don't know if it's true or not, but I had heard something like he had Velcro inserts almost on the inside of his jerseys to where they kind of came off with his pads. I didn't know if that was true or not, but yeah. I've heard of that before. Yeah, it is. It is. So he had Velcro. Um, on his shoulder pads and then um, either Velcro sewn into the shoulders of his jerseys or maybe just the Velcro would grab the jersey. But, yeah, basically had it set up. So, you know, back in the blue and gold uh, Sabres era, when somebody would grab his shirt to pull it, the shoulder pads would come off too. They right, it's just a one pull and the whole thing just comes apart. Yep. But he also had his jersey shortened and he had them – had inserts put in the sides to make them really wide. So, you know, not only was it set up for the shoulder pads to come off of the jersey with tugs, but he had it made really wide and really short, so it didn't take much for it to come off. Yeah, right. It's almost similar to, like, I know Andre Waugh did this with the Lightning, and I don't know if he did it with the Flames, and I don't know if he was able to do it with the, I think it was, like, the Edge 2.0 jerseys. But he always wore, like, two sizes too big, so as soon as they would tug, he would, able to get, he would be able to get his right arm free. And there would be no jersey holding it back, so it's almost like kind of like the same concept there. Yep, yep, yeah. I know. I know. For a while with the Flames, he he tried the uh, double fight strap. He tried 
he tried the fight strap in the front. Yep, I, that's, I have he, one. I, he I, has one on mine too. <laughs> yep. I think I, I think it was the last game that he was ever in is what I've been able to I think photo match the jersey to. I'm not 100 percent yet. I haven't I haven't quite figured out the migrate system. That's one thing I don't I don't quite get yet as far as jersey collecting goes. When you're looking everything up, it says it's later years or later in the season. So I'm thinking it was the last game because what I've been able to photo match to, like I said, there's no there's minimal markings on it. So it's been able to right. get like one little piece that's on the nameplate and then a piece that's on like the piping on the stripe. But who knows? I know it's game worn and I'm just glad it came with like another you know, certificate of authentication um, or authenticity from my grace. So, yep. but, um, so what's one thing I wanted to talk about too, and I know you, I've seen pictures of it, but this Frankenstein Derek Bugard jersey you have from when he was in the dub. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so ninety nine two thousand, he was with the the Prince George Cougars of the WHL, and uh, from what I understand, the biggest jersey that they had at the time was a size fifty four. So they basically, and, and that was not coming anywhere close to fifty. No, not even, so, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So they they went, and they took another jersey, and they cut a big section off of each sleeve, and then they cut a big section out of the middle of the torso of this donor jersey and they sewed the ends of the donor jersey to the ends of his sleeves and then they cut the torso of his jersey sewed in this donor section and then sewed in the bottom of his original jersey so um and 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 the way that i can tell that they did it that way is there's a black stripe uh that runs kind of under the left armpit of um, his original jersey so that stripe goes down and it ends in a point that stripe goes down and then it stops and there's this big red section and then right below the red section is the little point of the black stripe so you know the black stripe just stops and then continues on the other side of the donor section that uh, that, that they added um, but you know that jersey's like a dress um, yeah but I have <laughs> it looks huge Oh, it's it, it, it's humongous, and and believe it or not, his his wild jersey is even bigger, and that one's just listed as a fifty eight plus, and it's obvious it's had a lot of material added to it. But and and I took it to uh, Francis Ratty's um, um, Nova Expo in in March, and we were looking at it, and damn if we could find out where that where it was added in. So. You know, it's had a lot of material added because I mean, I can put it on. I'm six one, and it's like hanging down to my knees. Jesus. Um, and uh, we couldn't find where it was added in. So, you know, I don't know if they went and got a bunch of additional material, or um, and then you know sent that off and had this thing custom made. But you would think that it would have something different than a 58 plus tag in it because you know I've seen. Like, I have a Simon that's a 64. Um, I have a Crowder and a Fedoric that are 60. So, I mean, they, you know, they do come in bigger sizes and they do list, you know, what those bigger sizes are. And this was just a 58 plus, but it's like a dress. That's crazy. Yeah, they had to. Well, you'd think they'd almost just give them a goalie cut at that point, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even the even the goalie cut, I mean, it would have, you know, more room in the in the arms and be a little wider, but... Um, you know, they they added a lot of material length to the body of this thing, and, and they did a really good job because I can't find where they did it. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. 
and it's you not, also it's said, not, not, what's up? I'll say it's not it's not like that Brandon uh, Christian. That oh, that's exactly that's exactly what I was about to ask you, man. You're in my notes over okay. here. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so that Brandon yeah, Christian so the, jersey, it's the what the widest one you own, right? Yeah, it's definitely the widest one I own. So it's a size seventy two. Jesus, um, is that like pencil? That has to be penciled on the tag. There's no way it just came as a seventy two. No, no, it was it, it was kind of handwritten, handwritten <laughs> on the tag, and, and and the guy that I got it from, you know, said that that it was a, that he'd measured it and it was a size seventy two. Um, but basically, what they did with that is they kind of cut the back straight down, and then I guess across, and that kind of became the sides. And so then they took this panel and sewed it in the back, and then attached the numbers to it. Um, but they added additional material to the to the back as well um i guess you know maybe the material they had wasn't as thick or wasn't as sturdy as the original jersey material so they made it two layers and they sewed it together kind of in a quilt pattern so you know the back of the jersey looks like it's quilted um you know it's the same color on the outside if you flip you turn it inside out the inner material is white and it has you know kind of that checkerboard quilting pattern to it and then they sewed the numbers to it but yeah this thing is 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 a monster yeah i remember seeing pictures of that thing and it was just it was just wild to look at and it's a it's an lnh jersey right it was from when he played in the quebec league right okay that's what i thought yeah it's the windsor is it the wild wild yeah yeah yeah. yeah, windsor wild yeah i had to think about that for a second i couldn't remember if it was an lnh or if it was a uh one of his, I think he played in the ECHL as well. But um, now that you said that, now I do remember it was the Windsor Wild. Um, so, what would be the oldest jersey that you have in your collection? So, the oldest one I have is a 1975-76 Willie Plett. Oh, that's awesome! So, even before Willie made the NHL, um, he was in the, the the Central Hockey League with Tulsa. Um, and so it's a 75, 76, but interesting thing there is, and I use that for comparison to like the Nordiques jerseys that are flaking away. I mean, that one's all heat press, Yeah. but the Tulsa owner actually spent some money and, you know, made sure that it was good quality material. Cause that one looks the same as it did when it left the ice in 1976. Whereas, you know, the, the Nordiques owner cheaped out and, you know, unfortunately some of the you know, greatest fighter jerseys from, you know, that era up through the late, very late 80s, you know, they're all just flaking away now. Um, so, you know, you, kind of kind of you get what you pay for there material-wise. But um, so my understanding for the for the Plett back in that day, they didn't have fight straps, but he did have one added in. Okay. Um, you know, it's got some repairs on it. It's got some neck damage on it. So, you know, it's kind of from his last year before he made the NHL. Um, so that is, that's by far the oldest one that I have. And then I have, uh, I guess my next oldest one would be a 7980. Um, and that kind of starts um, the at least one jersey per year that I have up through this past season. So 7980 up through 2018, 2019, I have every year. Was that back when it was almost still kind of like, I, I guess you could say like a wool material back then? It was just really heavy. No, the, the I, 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 I helped uh, consign for 
some folks um, back probably eight years ago now, um, some wool jerseys, and they were like 61, 62. Gotcha. So you know, I think the wool's kind of phased out towards the end of the 60s, and then you went to, to Doreen, um, which is a very kind of slick, shiny material, um, you know, polyester type. Um, the, uh, the, the plet is not a Doreen, but it's, it's, it's a mesh, but it's kind of a, a slick feeling mesh. And then, you know, you started to get into like the ultra fills in, yep. uh, very late 80 or very late seventies. And then, you know, kind of started getting into the air nets in the eighties. Um, you know, some teams still did use mesh. I mean, you know, I think the, uh, the Rangers and the, have still had mashups through, you know, probably like 1998 or 1999 uh, before they went, uh, they went air knit. Um, but yeah, those are the, the, those are the kind of the, the materials there. So 7980, um, usually pretty easy to spot because uh, CCM Masca had um, put logos on the front and the back of the jersey. They're, they're small. But you know, that's an easy way to tell a 7980 because it'll have a mask on the front and a mask on the back on the hem. Gotcha. It's funny you say about the mesh because I actually I never liked mesh jerseys until you you sent me that Toporowski Vegas jersey and I have a whole new appreciation for mesh jerseys now. It looks so much more pretty in person than it does in like pictures. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I couldn't I couldn't imagine playing in like an ultrafill jersey. Um, but they're by, that's by far my favorite material. And, and, you know, I just, I think they look awesome, but I'm sure they had to be hot as hell to be skating around in. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, they, 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 you know, they look awesome. And then, um, you know, as far as durability, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, it's a, a company called Highlight. They're called Ice Sheen. They're a really shiny material that, were used in the minors, like around the late, very late '80s, very early '90s. I don't think I've ever uh, seen those. Yeah, well, that shit's almost indestructible. Um, you know, you can pretty much take a chainsaw to it, and it, it barely shows a mark. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I do have one that had the neck all torn out of it and that kind of stuff, and you know, I'm like, I have no idea what happened to that. But that <laughs> got was, mauled you know, by a bear or something. Yeah, I mean, you had to, you had to hit that with a tank to, to do that to do that kind of damage just based on what I've seen. Because I know ones that have been worn for you know an entire year. I mean, typically with an alternate, but you know they may have worn it ten or fifteen times in a year, and there's barely a mark on it um, just because of, of the material. But uh, that got phased out because that was just you know very hot and, and didn't breathe well and and and, and that as well. Um, but uh, you know they look. They they look interesting. They're very shiny. Oh, you have to send me a picture after this. I'd love to see that. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I have a, I have a few. I have a, I have a Craig Cox one that. Uh, oh, from the, great. Since I, since I um. Well, speaking of you know the marks and everything shown on the jersey, what's probably the most tattered or most worn jersey that you have, or uh, I guess the most damaged. I well, I see the the jersey with the most wear. I would say, or at least one of them is a Mario Roberge. Uh, All the Roberge brothers, Indian. awesome. Yeah, so he used the same jersey in uh, Fredericton. 
He used it when he was called up to Montreal, and he used it in Sherbrooke. Jesus so Christ. He wore, yeah, so he wore the same jersey for at least two years. Um, and that one, he had it modified. He had it made shorter. So um, the trainer took the hem and kind of folded it under and then sewed it down. So the CCM logo on the hem is actually upside down and on the inside. Um, but that one has, depending on how you count repairs, it's somewhere well north of 60. Holy shit. Probably, probably realistically more like 100, but, you know, one, one repair may have five different tentacles to it. So it's kind of tough to say, you know, is that one or is that five? You know, I kind of counted as one. Um, but, you know, that one kind of has repairs on top of repairs on top of repairs just everywhere. You right. Know? Sleeve, front, back, hem, shoulder, neck, you know, it's just everywhere has repairs. Um, you know, have some, some minor league ones that are, uh, um, you know, have some pretty good wear to them as well. as a Mark Potvin, uh, Providence Bruins uh, that he wore for the for most of, if not the entire season, that has something like 40 or 50 on it. Um, as far as damage, um, you know, I have some that have, you know, had some really nice, you know, neck, you know, neck tears, you know, down to the crest in the front that were fixed. Right. Um, you know, I was Scott Parker sharks that, um, Oh, I remember and, a picture uh, of that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, that, that neck on that one got really fucked up and, and they tried their best to put other teal material in there, but it just looked hideous. <laughs> there's a, there's a, Chris Barch Green uh, Greensville Growl that that has the uh, you know kind of that same kind of thing, um, and then you know there's a few um, as a Shane Churla stars uh, that I have that you know has a tough time staying on a hanger because the the whole back of the neck's torn out and it kind of tear goes across the main plate in the back and you can see where they fixed that a few times and then just gave up and 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 retired it. Um, it interesting story I pre-ordered uh, going back a few years i pre-ordered a jared bowl um blue jackets jersey um the road white uh i think it was probably 14 15 so i pre-ordered it before the season um you know was watching him play um he got in a fight around thanksgiving time with uh, zach ronaldo and uh his jersey got all torn to shit and, you know, I remember him skating to the box and, you know, it's in like pieces and, you know, I'm thinking, oh man, this, this thing's going to look great. When oh I yeah. This is like, this is going to be fucking awesome to put in the damn collection, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's going to have all kinds of Frankenstein stuff on it. It's going to be awesome. So comes time when I guess the jackets are switching to the next set. So Migrate calls me and Migrate says, I'm not sure if you're going to want this. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sure this thing's going to look awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure I will. He's like, yeah, they didn't fix it. He said it's in it's in three pieces. <laughs> I'm like, uh, all right, well, shoot me some pictures. They so shoot me some pictures, and you know, like the there's a big chunk out of the front of it, like where his uh, uh, assistant captain's A was. Um, you know, that's like a diamond shaped piece that just has the A on it. That's off. There's another piece like missing out of the uh, like the underarm area, and uh, you know they tried to put it on a hanger to show me what it looked like. The thing doesn't sit on a hanger, 
And uh, I said, you know, I really like ones that are like really hosed up, but that that one that one may be a little bit too much. <laughs> so, so I actually switched it to the uh, the same set in the blue. Um, and uh, so they sent that to me. And I'd been in a few fights, but you know, had some so a little bit of damage, but not, not nothing. Not like tattered that, in but. three different pieces, kind of fights. No, no, and, you know, I was I was all excited. I figured that they try to fix that and. I guess they looked at it and said, yeah, Fuck this. That, we can't fix that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the Alex Dananol Sorrel jersey I have, it doesn't it doesn't like to sit on the hanger either. Every time I'm going into the closet, I have to be delicate if I'm on that side because every time I even move it just a little bit, the neck is so fucked up on it, it just falls right off the hanger. I'm eventually going to have to get like one of the ones that, like, it's supposed to hold up pants, but it's just holding it by the shoulders, I guess. <laughs> yeah, put some, put some kind of... Uh you know, like uh pad or something on the end of the hangers or something just to give it a little something. To yeah, exactly. It's on the, it's on the plastic right now. So it just slides off like a fucking yep. madman. <laughs> um, but, but you know, like, like, like I said, that, that chair lab is flames as well. And the, the front of the neck on the flames is all, is all hosed up. So, you know, that's his stuff, you know, I saw the, the, the post earlier today about the, uh, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I liked. Yeah, that was fucking um, awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. But, you know, his, his jerseys are pretty easy to figure out if they're actually game-worn or not because most of the ones that I've seen of his look that way. So, you know, his, his jerseys tended to be pretty well fucked up on the ice. So, you know, you, you find one of his that the neck looks pretty good. You know, it's either one that was his backup or it was one that he may not have ever worn. So that kind of makes spotting, you know, real Shane Trilla jerseys pretty easy. You know, probably right. a little bit easier than it is for a lot of the, the different players out there. Um, just because his jerseys tend to have a lot of damage to him. And I think that just goes back to his his fighting style. I mean, he just kind of weighed in and, and, uh, you know, sometimes maybe led with his face a little bit. Yeah. Just um, fucking but, put his chin out there, man. But the, but, but that stars Jersey is matched to, I don't know if you remember the magazine out back in the, in the nineties called tough guy magazine. So um, I was and, really little in the nineties. I was born in 96, but I know what magazines you're talking about from looking up a bunch of enforcer memorabilia. So I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. So, so there's a there's a picture in that magazine, and and I got that jersey from uh, from Francis Ratty, and and so he sent he had matched it to that picture. He sent me that picture when, uh, um, you know, when I got the jersey from him, and, and you know, every time I see him, you know, he it's the first thing he asked me is, you know, how's that how's that Turla doing? <laughs> and uh, you you know, as soon as we start talking about, it, if anyone else joins in the conversation, you know, he'll he'll bring up that picture. But there's a picture from that magazine of Turla skating off after a fight. And all disheveled, he has a humongous black eye from you know an earlier fight, yeah. and skating off the ice, and you know just just the epitome of what a hockey fighter looks like. And and you know he's 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 wearing my jersey, so that's fucking awesome, dude. It's always it's always good when we can get a good photo match picture in there with the jerseys. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. And then you know that's that that picture's just. You know, that's just an awesome, awesome picture of, of, of what a fighter looks like. That's the only thing I hate about the fucking LNH jerseys I have is that it's so damn hard to photo match them. The Bosse, both Bosses I have are photo matched, but 
the Morasti I have um, of him from Sorrell, I don't have a photo match for. I have his McDonald's ugly ass pregame warm up sweater photo match because he wore that in pregame warm ups and they took a bunch of pictures. But it's so hard to photo match that. And I had, can't for the life of me photo match the Pat Cote because he only played six games. And I don't know if it was in that exact sweater or if he had a road sweater for the Chiefs too. But he only played. it was the season he only played six games, which I think was 01 to 02. And I've kind of lost all hope on trying to find pictures for it. But what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, You know, I mean, you never know. I mean, pictures, pictures may pictures may pop up. His, his is another one that, that, you know, they tend to have pretty good damage to him. I know his Nashville uh, that I have, the back of the neck is, has been fixed. And then I think I shot you pictures of the Dallas Stars one. That's yep. just, the stitches just popped out all the way around it. And that was that I think he only played the preseason that year. I don't even think he made the regular season team that year. I think he was in the minors. Yeah, I Dallas. think so too. Because I don't think he played his first pro game until Nashville. Right. So, you know, just, just from the preseason, it got that hoot. That's awesome. Yeah, the Cote I have, it's pretty it's pretty hammered. It's got some holes in it. I think the neck is uh how do you was it perforated? Is that the right word for it? Where it's split down the middle? The neck, you mean? Yeah, yeah, on the collar. Yeah, so I mean some guys will, will cut the collar a little bit so they'll kind of vent it a little bit. Um just to give them a little bit more room. So, you know, are you talking that, or are you talking yeah, yeah, that, it, that it was that it was actually torn? It looked like it looks like it was cut, and then they almost folded it back, and it almost when you put it on, it almost looks like a fucking turtleneck. Funny enough, because it's so far out. Yeah, okay. but it's like yeah, that, and it's that, got the holes and a couple board marks on it, and it's pretty it's pretty worn out too. Yeah, then that's the, 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 then that's a venting that they ventilated. Did, so. That's what I, I, I fucking I'm over here with my school kid words using perforated. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I was going to say, you know, perf- perforated, I I have seen, um, you know, that, done. like, I have a Troy Crowder Canuck where he did perforate his sleeve. So he had, either he did or had the trainer do it. Um, they went down the seam of his right arm and basically punched the hole through it, through the seam, like every, I don't know, 16th of an inch. So it made made it like a perforated piece of paper. So that if somebody grabbed it, it just would just unzip. Was that after the Velcro rule came in oh, for yeah. the sleeves? So yeah, that's what they kind of used yeah. to try to get around it a little bit, right? Correct. So this was like ninety six, ninety seven. So it looked normal. Um, obviously, it, it it just by looking at it, it did open up at least a couple times because they kind of crudely fixed it. Um, but uh, yeah, he it was like holes punched in going going down. So I guess that was his way of trying to kind of get around that. that beat the, beat the, the system it, a little bit. Yeah, he would just tug and tug and tug, and then it was just, just kind of unzipped. That's awesome. Uh, what would be the rarest jersey that you own? I, I I think if I had to take a guess, it'd probably be your Cordic with the Velcro sleeves. But I'm just that's just a shot yeah. in the dark. Yeah, I'd say probably the Cordic or. Um, you know, maybe the the, the Bugard PG Cougars because I know oh, yeah. I've seen I've seen the home white somewhere. Um, haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if his family has that now. Um, but I would say you know I I only know of those two, just the uh, you know the the road one that I have and then the home white um, that are in the Frankenstein and then you know obviously the uh, the the Cordic home the only one that I have ever seen or that I know of. That's Still has the Velcro on there. 
Um, he may have a road blue with the Velcro still in it somewhere. Haven't seen it, but you know, it may exist out there somewhere. Right. Um, but, but, uh, you know, as far as I know, that's the only, uh, Velcro sleeve with the Velcro still in it that exists. Well, if the person with the blue is listening to this shit, you better fucking cough it up. Give us some pictures. At least we don't, we're not trying to buy it. We just want to see some pictures. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I, I have never, ever seen it. So. If it's owned by somebody, you know, they're either not on Facebook or they're, you know, they keep a low profile. Um, you know, that's that that that's one that I think should be in the Hall of Fame. But have you ever have you ever considered like taking it to the Hall of Fame and donating it at all, or you're gonna kind of take that one to your grave? I mean, I wouldn't blame you if you did that either. Yeah, no, I think I I, I think I'll probably take take that one to the grave. Yeah, I'd um, probably do it too. Yeah. I don't know if I could give that one up either. <laughs> you know, I'll. It, up toward the Hall of Fame, and uh, I wasn't that impressed. Oh, really? Do they have not no, that good no, of enforcer no. jerseys out there? Now that they had one Tiger Williams Canucks, and everything else was, you know, that that was like the only fighter they had in the whole building. But uh, oh, you're kidding me! Well, not, I've always wanted to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, but now I don't know if I fucking want to. Yeah, so it was, you know, the the walking in, they have all the uh, they have a bunch of masks, you know, kind of in glass in, in these columns um, that look pretty cool, like Brian Hayward's Sharks mask, and they had a bunch of other ones that were really cool. Um, up on the street level, they have kind of the Hall of Trophies, um, which was which was really cool. They, they have the, uh, the original Stanley Cup and then the bands they've taken off. They're in a vault under glass that you can see. Um, you know, the, the cup that resides there year-round, you can walk up, touch, get get your picture taken with it. You know all the other trophies they have there. You know, kind of under glass. Um, you know, you can see them, but 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 you can't really touch them. Right. Um, but you know, they had displays for all the different teams, and you know, they for the most part had maybe one NHL jersey and then one jersey of like their minor league affiliate and like a couple pieces of equipment. But that's kind of all they had for each team. Um, you know, I expected something much bigger, much grander, but, you know, I've talked to people that like that went to the baseball hall of fame and, you know, they came away and said, well, it wasn't, wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Wasn't as impressive as I thought it was going to be. So, you know, it's one of those things I think you build up in your head, what you think it's going to look like. And and then, you know, your reality becomes, you know, that, that it's not, but I did talk to um, a couple people at the migrate expo a few weeks ago that said that if I really want to be impressed, there's a huge warehouse that the uh, um, Hall of Fame has, like 30 minutes from the hall, like kind of on the outskirts of Toronto that I guess you can get tours of, but that's kind of where they have everything. That's where they store things. Oh, okay. You know, they said that they got to go on a tour of that, and that was really impressive. So that, you know, if I'm ever back up in Toronto – to try to arrange to get a tour of that, and then and then I'd be impressed by that. Um, and you know that that's probably true because you know they have to have, you know they they probably only display a tenth of what they have. So oh, they have I'm to sure. have all, all, all the rest of that stuff somewhere else. And you know I would imagine it's in a mall, so it, it's underground in a mall in downtown uh, Toronto. So I'm sure that the uh, the the cost of that is probably pretty high. So they yeah. probably take a small of a footprint as they can and you know i guess outside of toronto you know the big warehouse that they have is probably a lot lot cheaper real estate so 
Well, maybe you should just start Brent's Hall of Fame and make your own own one. Maybe everybody will be more impressed with that then. <laughs> I'd fucking take that tour. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've, I've offered that to a uh, a few players as well. But uh, you know, if they're ever in the they're they're ever in the Baltimore Washington area, you know, they can uh, they, they can certainly come on by. And I did talk to briefly talk to the producer for Ice Guardians about. Um, you know, if they ever decide to do um, a second one, uh, which I, I seriously doubt they will, but if they ever did, and you know, he talked to me about maybe, you know, having somebody come here and film some stuff, um, you know, just the, the different jerseys and equipment and all, the, all that kind of stuff for, uh, you know, if they ever did do a second installment of that, which, which, which I thought was pretty cool. That would be awesome, man. I don't know if, yeah, like he said, I don't know if they'd ever do a second one because the first one was, it was so, it was done so well. I don't know if there's anything else to even yeah. fucking cover to make a second one, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know unless you know unless maybe they keyed on, um, you know, some of the 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 newer fighters or things like that. Because a lot of the ones they had were a little bit older, so right. uh, you know they, they did incorporate a few new newer ones. But you know, like or um, Paros. But you know, if they if, if they decided to do another one, you know, you know, kind of in the uh, the the 2010s um you know not that there are that many fighters anymore but yeah exactly um, you know if they if if they did decide to do another one so you know we'll see we'll we'll see what happens yeah it almost reminded me because the, you know the last gladiators was kind of the more old school one and then ice guardians came out and it was more of the new school kind of guys a little bit so i th- i think both were pretty done pretty well i think ice guardians obviously went a little bit more in debt but i think both of them were fucking awesome yeah i did too yeah i did too so I might know this answer too, since it's your you know your profile picture on Facebook. But what's the absolute favorite jersey that you own? Is it is it the Proby, the or the Red Ones oh, yeah. Proby? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So and, and that and that I fight would... or that, excuse me that that jersey was used in it was what used all season. It was the one in the Domi fight, correct? Or the the first fight and the rematch? No, it was uh, it's a ninety three ninety four. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, so he fought he fought Domi in the white one in 91-92. Um, that one sold, um, I think, through classic auctions maybe five years ago. But that one went for five figures. Um, Holy shit! <laughs> I have, yeah, yeah, that one that one went for about twelve thousand dollars. Good um, night. That's a fucking down payment on a car. That, fuck, that is a car, oh, a used car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely a used car um the the one from the second um domi fight um that was his red one i believe but that was 92 93 um and that one i have not seen so i'm I'm not sure where that one exists um but you know i'm sure that one would probably go for you know that neighborhood as well so no, mine's from ninety three, ninety four. So it's last year in Detroit. Um, the I guess the most famous one that he that the event that he had there, he got into a stick duel with uh, Bob Ralph in uh, Toronto. That's right. And, uh, the, you know, they each got suspended for like four or five games <laughs> for that. So they were basically trying to they were just doing baseball swings, trying to take each other's head off. Could you imagine um, if that happened today? Like all the backlash oh, that would happen that would go down today. 
I'm sure uh, they probably would get charged with uh, <laughs> with, with felonies or something. Oh fuck, I'm sure. So but, and he uh, he yeah. used that all year, correct? He did, he did, he did. So I've matched it up through um, the end of February right now, mm-hmm. um, and I think the play, I think the playoffs started, um, you know, at the fifteenth of April. So he didn't really fight in March, um, but I have seen another one from that year, and it's it's really like crisp, almost brand new. Oh, okay. Um, you got the better one. So. Though. Oh yeah! Oh, oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but you know that that one. I think they only played like two or three playoff games that year on the road. So you know, which would make sense for that one to be his playoff one, and and so for the one that I had, you know, to basically get him through the regular season. Um, I've never seen another, um, and so you know, odds are that that he wore that one for the whole year, um, and that's really the one that of his that I wanted. Um, cause I was actually out in Detroit. So I lo- I saw his last home game as a wing, um, and then watched, uh, from a bar out in Detroit, um, his last road game, which he would have worn the Jersey that I have against the stars from that, from that bar. Um, so I just happened to be out there on a, uh, on a trip. We went out to, uh, buddy of mine and I went out there, and, um, wanted to see a couple uh, Red Wing game, uh, see a Tigers game before they took uh, Tiger Stadium down. So we kind of made that that pilgrimage, and it just turned out to be his his last uh, last season and last games with the Wing. That's awesome, man! What a treat that must have been to see Proby play. Um, oh yeah, I was going to ask as well that kosher because I know you have the the picture of the Proby and the kosher jersey in there. Is is the kosher Red Wing sweater from the same year, or is that from a different year completely? From eighty eight, eighty nine, I believe. Okay, so it's um, a little bit older. Yeah, it's it's older. It's been matched to a fight that he had. Um, it's eighty eight, eighty nine. A fight that he had against Wayne Van Dorp, um, where he lands a nice uppercut on Van Dorp, and and Van Dorp's nose is is gushing, and Van Dorp kind of sticks his face in the chest of Coaster to kind of not you know keep from being hit again. Yeah. Um, so I was able to match up kind of the blood smears from Van Dorp across the crest. Oh, that's fucking jersey. gnarly, man. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can see a couple, like, you know, blood smears across in the white threads of the of the crest of that coaster jersey. So, um, yeah, that one's at 88-89. And then I also have a 98-99 coaster preseason from his last year um, with the second stint with the wing. Gotcha. That's awesome. So, speaking of blood, what what jersey probably has the most blood on it for you? I know we talked about wear a little bit, but I, I'm curious about this because I don't, I don't think I have any jerseys with blood on it. I think I might have one or two, but they're very small. I wanted to know if you had any that are just – it looks like they got red wine spilled on it, you know? Yeah, you have a few. I have a, um, a Reed Lowe, um, St. Louis Blues, and it's the blue. It, it's their, their – I guess it was their home blue at that point. Um, and it just has this kind of column of darkness that, that runs straight down the front of it. So, um, you know, I don't know if that was his blood or, or somebody else's, um, but it was kind of, uh, must've been just a a river running down the front of his Jersey. Um, (laughs) I have awesome. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, 
stop and think about it for for, for a little bit. Kind of kind of nasty on some level. Yeah, you got to think oh, okay. it's, it's it is a little bit nasty that's been sitting there, but at the same time, it's like it's also really fucking cool. Yeah. So I don't really give a shit if yeah. it's on there. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a um, uh, Sanan um, LNAH jersey um, that has a ton of blood on it. Uh, there's a uh, Jimmy Bono, um, I think it's a Worcester War- uh, Sharks jersey that he was bleeding on, and then he was uh, drinking a lot of water. So, you know, he had some blood kind of like under the neck of the jersey, and by drinking the water, it just kind of spread all through the, the, oh, the shit. front of it. So <laughs> looks so like fruit punch kind of, right? Oh, yeah. It, 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 it just looks like, you know, somebody leaked like, you know, three pints of blood out, out of the front of them. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, but I, I, I know in this day and age, it's tough to find them because they use, like some kind of an enzyme cleaner to try to get it out. And, oh, really? And so, That's no fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, but you know, I guess I guess teams are so paranoid about bloodborne. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I understand why they do it, obviously, but. That, yeah. You know, I mean, I guess yeah, I guess teams are paranoid that you know somebody will buy the jersey and put it on, and then they'll contract some, you know rare disease or something and you know try to sue the team or something like that so <laughs> sue the rangers or something because they got malaria from a game-worn colt nor sweater correct correct, correct. <laughs> so, yeah. well i know i don't know if he's going to be listening but keith uh if you're out there man and you ever want to sell that boss a chiefs jersey that is just covered from the morasty fight for the love of god let me know <laughs> i'll do terrible things to get that jersey on my hands <laughs> so i just got a couple more for you man um this yeah, has been yeah. fucking. This has been fucking awesome so far. So, what would you say it would be a holy grail jersey for you that you don't own? Is there anything out there that you always have, like one jersey that you you've always wanted but you've never been able to get your hands on? At uh, it, it, this point, not really. Um, you know, there's a, there's some ones out there that I I'd, I'd, I'd like to have at some point, but they're not. You know. You know, kind of. Uh, um, you know, I, I I would say, you know, Probert Wings was was definitely my my holy grail. Yeah. Um, you know the uh, Cordic with the with the Velcro, you know, is definitely up there as well. Um, you know, I mean, there. You know, would I like to have like a Dave Schultz from, um, you know, kind of his heyday? Oh, absolutely. And and I actually know where there is one. From his 472 pin season. Oh wow! But it, but it's also twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars. So um, <laughs> you know it, it will it will it will stay exactly where it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and with that, I say good day, sir. That's right. So you know, it, you know, you know what, you know, I'm trying right now to get, um, you know, everybody that's in the 2000 career NHL penalty minute club right so you have you have all the ones in the 3000 pim club correct i do i do correct yep yep i have all nine of those if you ever so want to get rid of one of those nylons man let me know <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll do um so there's 55 guys that have 2000 pims and i have 50 of them so um you know i'm missing five at this point so you know i would say probably finding those five would be you know kind of top of the the, the quest list right now um, but again, you know, if, if, even if I never, ever complete that, you know, um, I, I'd, I'd still be okay. Cause 
um, you know, like I said, getting that getting that wings probie that I wanted, that was kind of the 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 top of the mountain there, and then uh, you know, landing that cordic was kind of the the icing on top of it. That was you were just you were just going back for seconds at that point with the fucking cordic. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, I, I already had I already had a probert wings and a probert uh, hawks, and and that one's that one's that one's pretty good, you know, in among itself. So, you know, being able to have bookend probies is uh, not something that very many people have. Exactly. So, and you also uh, have well, you have a twist. Uh, you have Tony Twist, St. Louis Blues, and a Nordiques one, don't you? No, no, just just, just the Blues, just the Blues. Oh, okay. I thought you had the Twist one as well. That might have been somebody else in the little group. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the the, the twist uh, Nords moving around a little bit. But no, I have a ninety seven ninety eight twist um, road set one. So um, you know, kind of one of his better seasons. Um, yeah. And the the set one that he wore for a good chunk of that year. So um, you know, it's definitely a def, definitely a good one to have, and it's the clown style, which. You know, amongst the, the the twist collectors out there, the clown style seems to be the one that everybody wants. Well, that's, I think it's probably because it was when he was just fucking—he was just rolling through the league at that point through everybody in that in that style jersey. And that's my favorite style St. Louis jersey. I like all the really ugly shit, but yeah, he was just fucking. Nobody could beat him when he was in those jerseys. Yep, yep, yep. absolutely. Yeah, he was he was pretty much unstoppable. Absolutely. So. With all that being said, and I mean, you have what eight hundred jerseys now. Are you, are you still going to pretty much collect jerseys until, till you know you're pushing up daisies, or at some point you're going to be like, all right, let me go ahead and stop and kind of resell everything. Um, I don't know. I mean, it. it I it, I collected for a long time, um, and then kind of got bored of it and and kind of went off and did did some other things. Um, you know, got into. Uh, Got into uh, um, import like sport compact cars for a while. Um, you know that became my hobby. Got uh, my car in a couple magazines. Um, you know, kind of wandered through you know some other things, and then kind of came back to uh, um, you know enforcers probably I don't know a dozen years ago or so. Um, so it's tough, tough to say. I don't, I don't plan on stopping. Um, I probably will slow down a good bit because there's not a lot out there anymore that that well you got them all pretty much but <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that oh, and then, of course with with the game now too there's there's no fighters anymore so no 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 there's not so and and you know the the, the older ones um don't move as often and when they do move they're they're pretty pricey now so it's you know it's tougher to tougher to get a lot of them um it, you know i kind of did and kind of still do just looking for players that I don't have, seeing how many different fighters that I could get. Right. Um, but you know, even even those, I'm up close to you know, like somewhere around five seventy five different fighters. Um, so you know, even that piece of it is is we're kind of running out of of guys to get. Um, so you know, I would imagine I'll still be around, but I'll probably start to slow down here a little bit. Gotcha. Oh man, but, well, that's a lot of fucking jerseys, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a lot. Is your wife ever? Is she threatened to leave you over the jerseys yet, or no? 
Uh, no, I just I just catch a lot of grief for it because, like I said, our our basement is uh, attached to the garage, so she has to walk through that to get to the garage. So you know, I hear stuff about that, and um, you know, I hear grief about having the uh, by far the best closet in the house for, as she calls it, my shit. Yes, <laughs> if it's if it's not something she likes, everything's just shit. I've gotten that with my hockey stuff and my duck hunting shit all the time. Yep, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> well, Brent, man, it's it's been fucking awesome talking to you, dude. It's it's really cool to see everything with the hobby. You know, I'm still fairly new into it. I only only been doing it for about a year, but I think people are really going to enjoy it because it's, it's almost gone now with the, with the way fighters and everything have gone. So it's kind of a cool way to be able to see a piece of history in hockey and everything like that. And of course, what better guy to go to than you know the person who has 800 something jerseys. <laughs> Awesome. Now, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Well, man, I appreciate it. I'll definitely have to get you back on eventually. We'll have to do some some sort of like minor league special on all these jerseys because, I mean, we could sit here and fucking talk for about four hours about them, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Thanks Turn a lot, man. I really lives. appreciate it. Yep, good deal. Thanks. Have good a good one. The part is over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night The part is over And tomorrow starts the same old thing again